Deus. We're singing about trusting Him. But for many of us, trust has been hard lately. We've been believing God for circumstances, and when they don't go our way, it's a blow to us. But the key word in that is our way. We need to learn that when we trust God, we trust God for his way, his outcome, not our outcome. A lot of times we're trusting in vain because we're not trusting accordingly to his word. We're trusting according to our desires long as you trust according to your desires, you will always be disappointed unless your desires line up with his will. We have to get to the place to where our trust is in him and our trust is him. Father, we thank you for this day. God, you see what your people are trusting you for, Lord. Lord, help us to shift our focus on you and not our situations. Lord, so if we trust you and trust that you have our best interests at hand, God, that if you have our interests at hand, Lord, we'll get your outcome, and your outcome is what you will bless, Lord. God, forgive us for trying to get you to bless our outcomes. Lord, correct us, Lord Jesus. Get us in a proper posture so that we can believe properly, Lord Jesus. God, we thank you for just your grace and your mercy that has kept us through these times, Lord. So God, as we dig into this word today, God, Lord, I ask that you will remove me completely, Lord. Let people only see you and hear you, Lord Jesus. Not my opinion, Lord, but your word. Lord, we thank you for this day, Lord. We thank you for the revelations that you have sent, Lord Jesus. Lord, I trust that you will be glorified. Lord, I stand here, Lord, to please you, not the people. So God, as we Get this word, Lord, and it's tough to us. Lord, trust us, Lord. Lord, show us how to trust you to apply it so that we can get your outcome. In Jesus' name, amen. Welcome to the Marketplace Movement, <laughs> where we reach in hands and advance God. I know some of y'all are looking like, that's not Bishop. <laughs> You're right, I'm not Bishop. And some of y'all are probably like, yes, we finally get a break. Because Bishop been gut punching us like crazy lately. But as I stand here and Bishop has given me the task, I'm not going to take it easy because he didn't tell me to take it easy. So those who don't know me, I'm Orlando. Um, here I'm Elder Orlando, I'm over media. And while I got the platform, I would like to publicly thank my media team. My media team works hard. We got Melita on the slides. 
So everything y'all see up here, that's all Melita. Thank you. That's all Melita. Yes. The sound that y'all hear when it's mixed just right, y'all be like, man, that sounds so good. That's Chris right there. Yeah. <laughs> that's Chris. When y'all ain't, your ears not getting blasted, you can hear every part. Thank Chris. <laughs> when you don't come to church, you decide to stay at Bedside Baptist with Reverend Pillow and Sister Sheets. But you can still get the word. That's Bruce. That's Bruce. So I like to thank my team because without my team, I would have to be in too many spots at one time. It's not possible. So I, I thank my team because my team is always like, what do you need? Like Chris came in today. What do you need today? What do you need today? And I'm like, well, I need you to just get up here. I'm going to give you my notes. and I need you to preach this sermon for me. <laughs> my comfort spot is over here on the drums. But sometimes God will pull you out of your comfort zone. And when you're walking in God, when you're walking in Christ, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Because deliverance and God's will is not always comfortable. And the things that God wants you to do will put you in positions to where you're not comfortable. So as I stand here today to deliver what the Lord has given me, I just want to, like I said, acknowledge my team I really appreciate you all. All right, so over the few weeks, Bishop has been drilling us about rediscovering the family. Because as you can see in the world, the family is under attack. Not only is the family under attack, but the word of God is under attack. If, we can, if the enemy can destroy the family, he can destroy the model of the relationship that God wants to have with us. Last week, Bishop was, he was getting on the men and the women, they was, they was, they was enjoying it. I mean, he told the men, you ain't a man if you don't iron your shirt. And the women, they was jumping up and down and screaming and high-fiving and sharing candy and stuff like that. And they was, they was, they was going in last week while he was getting on the men about, you know, if you, how are you a king when you don't even have a kingdom? And he was going in on us about being temperance and everything and having self-control, and they was really jumping up and down. And then Wednesday came. <laughs> Wednesday came. A lot of the women didn't come, but Wednesday still came. <laughs> and they got the special Wednesday where they got the exact same, the people who didn't come when they watched it online got it exactly how we got it here. Because sometimes, you know, when Bishop does the, the recordings, the ones for home, it's a little less tame than when he's here. And you getting it just, just rugged. So he came Wednesday, he was talking about the exact same requirements that God has for the men, he also has for the women. They didn't cheer as loud that day. They didn't share candy. They didn't high five. Then he went even further and was like, it's not even based on if you're married, you still have these same requirements because some of you should have gotten these requirements from your father. And then if your, your father wasn't there, 
God has placed you around spiritual fathers. But if you don't accept those things, you're actually allowing yourself to willfully be ignorant. So Wednesday was a little less celebratory for the women. And the men thought we was going to have it easy, but he still doubled back around. <laughs> like for some reason, he always finds a way to double back around and get the men again. And we just be like, gosh, could you just leave us alone for one? We can't even get a full three days. But if you know better, you should do better. You should do better. So we're, going to, we're still in Titus 2, but before we get to Titus 2, I want to lay some foundation. So let's go to 1 Thessalonians. Because right now, like I said earlier, the word of God is under attack. The word of God has been under attack for a while. And the families have been under attack. So 1 Thessalonians 2, starting with verse 10. You are witnesses, and so is God, how devoutly and uprightly and blamelessly we behave towards you believers. Just as, just as you know how, we are exhorting and encouraging and imploring each one of you as, as a father would his own children so that you can walk in a manner worthy of, God's, of, of the God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. For, for this reason, we also constantly thank God that when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted not as the word of men, but for what it really is, the word of God, which also performs its work in you who believe. Let me stop right there for a minute. Bishop is very particular on when he puts someone up here to speak and what he says when he gets up here. He's, he's, very, he's very careful about that. He doesn't do it haphazardly because he wants, to he wants to ensure that whoever stands up here is going to give you the word of God. Not our opinion, but we want to give you the word of God because it's the word of God that saves you, not us who saves you. The word of God does the work in our hearts. Not what we say, but the word of God. Let's go to the next one. This is uh, 2 Timothy 3, 16 through 17. I'm just laying my foundation before we get into the, the heart of our scripture today. All scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Somebody say profitable. profitable. So when I was preparing, and I was really asking God after Bishop told me what he wanted me to reach today, I'm like, God, what do you want for your people? What do you want your people to know? And he kept bringing me back to all scriptures inspired by God and it's profitable. And the word profitable means useful, beneficial, helpful, or serviceable, advantageous. So if the word is profitable to us, that means the word has value. So I'm, I'm like, God, why do you keep me right here? And God is saying, our patterns prove what we value. 
Our patterns prove what's important to us. Our patterns prove if we really believe what we say we believe. Our, our patterns prove, are you really about that life? And as we've been going back and we've been seeing all these things in Titus 2, and some of it has been really hard because we've come to the conclusion that our patterns don't prove that we're really about that life. We talk about that life. We wear the shirts about that life. But our patterns don't line up with the shirts on our, on our chest. Our patterns don't line up with our, with our declarations. And our patterns don't line up because we don't value the word of God. We don't value the scriptures. And if we don't value the word of God, we don't value God. So y'all can write this down. When I don't value God, I won't honor his things. When I don't value God, I won't honor his things. Where there is no value, there is no honor. Where there is no value, there is no honor. If I, if I give somebody right now a brand new 2022 or 23, whatever they got out now, Cadillac Escalade, and part of the Cadillac Escalade, they tell you, when, you, when I give you the car, I'm like, this is what the dealership told me. Don't do these things to this car. Don't run it through the car wash because you don't want to damage the paint. Make sure you only put 93 gas in here because you don't want to tear up your transmission because this is a high-performance truck. You're going to do every single thing I said because you see the value in that Cadillac. But when it comes to the word, and God is telling us to do these things, and Titus 2, and the older women, teach the younger women, but before we can teach, we have to be. But if you don't see the value in that, you're less likely to do that. Chris, turn me down just a little bit. So when we don't see the value in the word, and the word hits us, all we'll say is, ouch but we'll keep on doing what we were doing. When we don't value the word, it'll hit us and it'll hurt. It'll hurt. And we'll, 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 we'll laugh and we'll rejoice when it's not about us. But then when it hits us, we'll cower down and then we'll leave and act just like we did before we came. Because when we don't value God, we don't honor his things. All right, so we're going to jump into... Titus 2. And I'm not going to be before y'all long, I promise. I'm not one of those very long-winded people. I actually don't like public speaking. <laughs> My nerves, like, God deals with me about stuff. He deals with me in the middle of the night. So, for like the whole week, I ain't really been getting solid sleep because I'm sitting there and I'm meditating, and the Lord will wake me up in the middle of the night. And I'd be like, come on, God. Come on, God, I'm sleeping. I got to go to work tomorrow. I got to drive a bus. I got to deal with kids. But he's like, I'm going to get you when I get you. I'm going to get you when I got your attention. I'm going to take something valuable away from you to prove that my value is more valuable. 
And that's how God is doing some of us. Some of the things that we love in this season, God has taken away from us because we value those things higher than him. There's a relationship that's been breaking up because we value that relationship more than we value God and his word. And a lot of the times, if we value God's word and his relationship and the relationship with God, we wouldn't have gotten some of those relationships anyway. Our value has been off. Our value of the word, our honor of the word has been off. So we've gotten the situations and then we want to call on God. But we also want to hold on to the things that we're trying to call on God to deliver us from. All right, so Titus 2. Older men are to be temperate. I'm not going to dig into this, Bishop. I already covered these. If you, if you missed it, you can go back, look at the recordings. Thanks, Bruce. Older men are to be temperate, dignified, sensible, sound in faith, love, and in perseverance. Keep going. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent. This is, this is where the women, they didn't like the likewise part. That's where they got quiet. <laughs> Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips. He was getting this real hard on, on Wednesday, but I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna do it. It's on, it's on the, um, YouTube. Check it out, the Marketplace Movement on YouTube. It's on there. It's on there. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not malicious gossips, nor enslaved to much wine, teaching what is good. Let's go. So that they may encourage the young women. All right, so we're going to stop right here for a minute. When God is trying to get us to another level, God is not trying to get us to a level so that we can get to that level and say, I'm good. God doesn't save us for us. He doesn't increase us for us. There's too many times where we get to a certain level, especially in the church, where we start looking down on other people. And we start holding our nose up at them like, oh, look at them. And we see them messing up. And we know the right thing to do, but we're too arrogant to actually approach them and pull them to the side. Like, hey, I see you struggling in this area. Our arrogance won't allow us to do that because we're coming arrogant. Like, we actually saved ourselves. Like, we actually helped ourselves to mature. And when you become arrogant, you actually show your immaturity. You think you're mature, but you're mature when you can be that and help somebody else. If you can't help somebody else, you still need help yourself. says, so that they may encourage the young women to love their husbands, to love their children. Keep going. To be sensible, pure workers at the, uh, to be sensible, pure workers at home, kind, being subject to their own husbands, so that the word of God will not be dishonored. So we see how the world is actually dishonoring the scriptures. You can look on social media, and they always play a snippet of something, and then you look at the comments. All the comments say, see, that's why I don't, that's why I don't do that religion. That's the, that's the white man's religion. They're looking for opportunities to dishonor the word of God. So I'm like, okay, God, it, it, it's not that simple. So I looked up dishonor. If you look up dishonor, in the Greek is Blasphemeo, where we get the word blaspheme. To speak reproachfully, rail at, or revile. 
to calumniate, which means make false and defamatory statements about. So when we don't actually do what we're supposed to do in Titus 2 and 5, we give people the opportunity to speak falsely and make defamatory statements about the Word of God. People are looking at us, and sometimes we're the only Bible that they see. People are not, everybody's not going to read the Bible. Some of us in the church don't even read the Bible. I'm just being honest. Bibles are highly accessible in the U.S. It's like in other countries, they have to sneak to read the Bible. We have the freedom to read the Bible whenever we want to. We have so many avenues to read the Bible. We have our phones. We have actual Bible devices. We have tablets. We have the actual Bible itself. But we still refuse to read. So some people are looking at us because we, like I said, we wear the shirts. We talk the talk. So they're looking at us to see what this Bible is really about. So when we look at ourselves, ask yourself this question. Based on my patterns, what do people view of the word? I missed the point. Uh, go to my next point. The, um, I don't want. Write this down. I don't want people to think negatively about the word of God based on my bad patterns. What does your pattern say about the word? If you're the only Bible that some people see, what are they reading based on your patterns? When you're at work, when you're at work and something's not going your way at work and you react and they read your reaction, what is your reaction telling them about the word of God? And I purposely put I in my points because we need to make it personal. It's too easy to say you and then act like it don't apply to us. So I purposely put I, because when I take notes, when Bishop is in there talking, I always put I, my, me, because I have to make it plain to myself. So I purposely put I because my journey with God is my journey with God. Yours is yours. So you have to answer to God for yourself. You have to answer. What do people see? What do people read when they view my life? When stuff is not going in, how do they see you react? When things get hard, do you, do you persevere? Send the monitors. Do you persevere? Or do you go to Facebook? And you put all your discrepancies on Facebook you airing out the dirty laundry. You trying to shame the person who's upset you. Or do you actually go talk to God? When your relationship is bad, do everybody know you're going through based on what you post? Do everybody know that your husband or your wife, your wife didn't cook, or your husband, he tried to barbecue and he burnt it up? Your husband tried you know, you, you wanted this, and he, he didn't get you this, so you put it on Facebook. Your wife, you wanted this. I, I, my favorite dish from my wife is, um, what's that? Oh, chicken marsala. 
She makes a chicken marsala. She makes a mean chicken marsala. A mean chicken marsala. It's better than Olive Gardens and all them other non-Italian Italian restaurants. <laughs> but if she don't make me my favorite dish, and I'm upset about it, for one, I'm out of order just for being upset because she didn't make me a dish. But for two, Facebook shouldn't know that my wife didn't make me chicken marsala. And I love chicken marsala. For one, maybe the Lord didn't want me to have chicken marsala. I mean, I can, I can, I can miss a few chicken marsala meals and be okay. <laughs> Some of us, we're acting out in the flesh, and that's one thing we need to kill to actually accomplish what the Lord wants us to accomplish. So we don't want people to see our bad patterns and think we learned that from God's word. We had this new style parenting. I work in a daycare. We got kids all the way from six weeks old to 12 years old. Been in the daycare field for 20 something years. 22 years in a, a hard building. My mom did it for 12 years in the house. So I've seen the, the changes in parenting. That's how I know the family is under attack. I've seen the deep progression of the parenting. And back in the day, I'm only 38. Back in the day, especially my parents coming from the South, whenever we was going somewhere, they used to always give you this disclaimer. This, 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 uh, disclaimer. They would always say, do not go out there and embarrass me. <laughs> Don't take your behind out there and act like you ain't got no home training. Don't, if we go into a restaurant, don't act like you ain't never ate before. <laughs> you can be going to the, when I was a kid, we had Toys R Us. Don't act like you ain't got nothing nice at home. And some of the, God is saying that to some of us. Don't act like I taught you that. Don't act like you learned that from me. It's too many times where we honor our parents. So when our parents said, don't act like you, because you have to use, you can't use proper English because they didn't say it in proper English. I ain't teach you that. My mom says that to this day. It be things with my daughter. And I, I, I try to, I learn from what my parents did with me, but I also try to explore different things. And my mom, she'd be talking, she'd be like, oh, we didn't, we didn't do that with y'all. <laughs> it could be something so simple. Like, we tried to give her melatonin one time <laughs> because she was off, she was just bouncing around everywhere. My mom, oh, we didn't give y'all melatonin growing up. We didn't do that with y'all. What is my mom saying? I set a pattern. That pattern that you're doing is foreign. So since that pattern is foreign, I don't approve of that pattern. And God is saying the same thing. Your patterns are foreign to me. When you get out here, you're not representing me. You get out here in the world and these patterns that's foreign, you're getting out here and you're showing who you want to be but not who you are. You're showing what you gained in the world because I didn't teach you that. And even now, we'll say stuff like, where did you learn that from? Where did you pick that up at? Like, my daughter, she's only two. And there's certain things I be listening like, and I see that she does, and Chris and I both be like, where did she learn that from? We don't do that. And the scriptures, God is saying the same thing. Where did you pick that up at? 
And back in the old days, they used to tell you, you need to take it back to where you was and leave it there. Wherever you got that at, take it back and leave it. Some of us need to look at our lives and our patterns, and wherever we went wrong, take that back to where it and leave it there. Because that is not what God wants for us. We embarrassing him. And that's one thing you didn't want to do is embarrass your mama. Go to the store and you see a toy you want at Toys R Us and you start falling out. Then you wonder why you got your behind whooped. Some of us is experiencing that in the spirit right now. God is whooping your behind because he took you somewhere and you, you acted out of character. You acted in a way where he didn't teach you. Now you're wondering why you're behind the sword because he's chasing the nose because he loves you. You should be happy that he whooped your behind versus just taking you out because God done took people out because they weren't listening. I mean, just instant. Oh, you don't want to behave? Boom, you're dead. Boom, just like that. But God is giving you another chance. And he's whooping you to allow you to see that I love you and I love you enough to pull you back in line to let you know this is not what you want. Sometimes, they, they, remember, they're coming against the family. So we got this new age thing where they don't want you to whoop your kids. I remember my dad told me one time, my dad's right there. He probably don't remember this. He told me one time. He said, if I don't do it, they're going to do it in jail. <laughs> what was he saying? If I don't break these bad patterns out of you, your bad patterns are going to put you in a place that they're just going to beat you for no reason. Some of us, we need to have our patterns broke before our patterns break us down. Some of us, we, we're, we're, we're cruising, like my, they used to say in the back, you're cruising for a bruising. <laughs> I'm young, but I'm old. I have an old soul. I'm the third child in my family, but they call me the little big brother. I have an old soul. So some of us are cruising for a bruising. All right, listen to this commentary. If Christians profess to be influenced by a supernaturally strong and sacred motive and then fail to do what the lower and ordinary motives often succeed in affecting, the world charges the failure on the lofty motive itself, and Christ bears once again the sins of his people. Read it one more time. If Christians profess to be influenced by a supernaturally strong and sacred motive, we're really we are here telling people that God is our source. God is our life. God leads and guides us. But if we can't succeed at doing the ordinary, the things that the ordinary people do, the world charges that to God. They're charging that to God, and then Christ is bearing our sins once again because people are looking like, how are you acting like this if God did this for you? They're talking about Christ now when you're acting up. Yeah, they're going to talk about you too. But they're going to charge that to God. Just like my parents were saying, if I go act up, people are going to look at my parents and say, my parents didn't do what they were supposed to do. And I see that every day. You can tell the kids that, that don't really have home training. You know. Because when you say, I'm going to tell your mama, they don't care. They'd be like, I do this with my mama. What if somebody looked at our behavior and not said, I'm going to tell Bishop, 
but said, I'm going to tell God on you. <laughs> I'm going to tell God because you're supposed to be, you're repping something, but you're not acting like what you're repping. So I'm going to tell God on you. A few weeks ago, Bishop was talking to us about being in an embassy and being an ambassador. Most of us, we, we heard that, but we wasn't really paying attention to what the ambassador really is. The ambassador is actually the, the representation of the country in a foreign land. So if we're supposed to be in this world, but not of this world, we're supposed to be ambassadors to the kingdom. But when we decide to actually act like the world, the world don't see the kingdom. There's too many of us that are walking around trying to be the people who we're trying to get delivered. And they're looking at us like, why do I want to be delivered if we look similar? Why do I want this life if I'm actually living better than you? I may not, have, I may not be following God, but at least I have morals. Some of us, we live in worse than some of them. But we're trying to tell them they need this. They need what we have. No. We need to sit back and figure out if we have what we say we have. There's a famous quote by Gandhi. He said, I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. I like your Christ, but I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. When they see us, they should see him. Yes. When they see us, when we speak, they should hear him. Amen. When we move, we should move how he moves. Yes. If we're actually talking to someone, the people should leave that conversation and say, hmm, it's something about them. I may not know what it is based on this conversation, but they're different. Yes. We got all this stuff going on with the, with the economy right now. Gas prices is crazy. The world shouldn't hear us complaining more about the gas prices than they are. Because if our God supplies all our needs and we need gas, he's going to supply the gas. So why are we complaining as if we don't have help? Why are we complaining acting as if we're relying on our own source when he is our source? If he's our source, he's going to give us what we need. So we're complaining more than them, but we're trying to tell them they need him. We don't even look like we have him. You never heard Jesus in the scriptures complain about something he need. Every time the disciples did that, he would check them. Like, where's your faith? When they was trying to feed the multitude and they brought him the, the fish and the bread, and they're like, this is all we got and we got all these people. God didn't start complaining like, ooh, we need to go fishing again. Because he knew where his source was. Too many of us are living and we're allowing the times that's going on in this world to dictate how we even act. And that's not cool. Because God wants us to be the forefront. He wants people to see us and desire him. We're supposed to be living a kingdom, an abundant life. But there's too many of us, our patterns are showing that we don't even believe what we say we believe. Our patterns are showing that we really, we're supposed to be in the kingdom, but we're just as worldly as the world. 
we're trying to do things and carry things into the world. Matter of fact, we're getting to a place now to where we're actually asking the world for how we should respond to the things of God. We're looking more like the world than the world. And it's time to actually check what you value. We're supposed to be living in the kingdom. We're supposed to be, like the song say, living on top of the world. But we're looking, we're looking more like the world. And we're trying to carry things. Look at uh, Brittany Griner. I'm not trying to profess any Christianity on Brittany Griner. I'm using her as an example. Brittany Griner, she's in Russia right now. She's been detained in Russia because she carried something that was legal here to a place that was illegal. What she carried was fine here. You can go around the corner and get it. They got dispensaries and stuff all over here. She carried something that was legal here to a foreign land. And now she wants the foreign, now she wants the people here to rescue her there because she's actually going to lose her freedoms. If we apply that to our lives, what things have we got from the world that we're trying to carry into the kingdom? And it's actually going to cause us to forfeit our freedoms in God because we don't want to let go of stuff that's not available. That's not okay over there. The kingdom, they have standards. You can't take the world standards into the kingdom. You can't take the patterns of the world and expect new revelations. We're trying to walk in new revelations, but we're trying to use old patterns. If you want new revelations for your life, you have to actually take new patterns. You have to start something new. You can't bring what's dirty into what's clean and expect it to stay clean. So God is not even going to allow it in there because he's holy. There's no darkness in him at all. We can't bring darkness into the world, into into Christ and expect God to bless that. We're valuing and seeking validation from the world when we should be getting that from God. How many times have we been in um been going through and the first thing we do is go to Facebook and ask Facebook. I'm going through Facebook. Facebook peeps. Facebook friends. What should I do in this situation? Or Instagram or Twitter. What should I do in this situation? And some of you're going to get a lot of responses. You're going to get a lot of responses that's going to actually agree with your flesh. You see what you value based on where you go first. Whatever you value first, whatever, whatever's first in your priority list, that's where you go for opinions and validation. Many times, we bypass the word of God. We're bypassing what God said. He gave us 66 books of word. He gave us all this revelation. He gave, he's given us all this word but we bypass the word and we go to a foreign source and we're asking that source what to do about our situations. And God is looking at us like, if you want to go over there, that's on you. I'm going to stand right here. My word is going to be what my word is going to be. But we're actually allowing the world to attack the word because we aren't even following the word. We don't even seek the word first. 
if we're ambassadors for Christ, our pattern should bring others to Christ. But we can't be ambassadors if we're looking to the world on how to actually live in, the, live in Christ. I was having a, a conversation with my sister, Tiffany, a few days ago. And I was talking, and God really, we was talking about a situation, God dropped it in my heart. And I said, so many of us become so dependent on the validation and the opinions of others that we actually lose track of the voice of God. So many of us can't hear God because we've made a pattern of not going to God. We've made a pattern of going to the world. We've made a pattern of going to our friends. And when you make a pattern, because the Bible says, my sheep know my voice, and a stranger they will not follow. But when you've made a pattern of going to another source, you actually get dull to the voice of God. And you're like, how do I get that back? You have to go to his word. His word is his voice. He's not going to say anything that contradicts his word. But if you don't go to the word, you can be strayed by anything. And the, and the enemy is trying to actually distract us by actually putting friends who we think are godly. So, he'll let, so you go to Facebook and you post something. You'll get one friend who you believe knows the Lord. But they'll still tell you something that's contra that contradicts the word of God. Because the enemy is very deceiving. From Adam and Eve, when he spoke to Eve, he used words that sounded like the word of God. And that brought about deception. But if you don't have a trusted source, if you don't have a trusted person to talk to, don't, don't go out there fishing because you're going to catch something and it's not going to be what you want. There's too many people fishing for the things of God without going to God. We're fishing. Me, it's like, if I have a, I drive a, a, a 2018 Chevy Silverado. It's a 1500. One of my close, one of my closest friends, he also has a Chevy Silverado, but it's an HD. Same color. His is a diesel. If I want revelation on what fuel to put in my truck, I'm not going to ask my friend what he's putting in his truck. He has a diesel. So if, he, if I ask him, his name is Dewey, I say, Dewey, what, what, what kind of fuel you put in your truck? I put diesel in my truck. So now I go try to put diesel in my truck because our trucks look similar. Our trucks have the same manufacturer. So I try to put the same fuel in his truck that, I mean, in my truck that he puts in his truck, I'm going to tear my engine up. And that's what a lot of us are doing. We're tearing up our engines because we're trying to get revelation from somebody else because they had a similar situation. They had a similar occurrence. So we're trying to take everything that they say as the Bible versus going to the Bible. And we're tearing our stuff up because what was made for his truck wasn't made for my truck, even though they look similar. So what am I saying? You can go to people who've gone through similar situations but be very careful when you ask them about something and they say, what I would do is. Yeah. 
No. You can tell them, well, and what, I, what happened to me, this is what the Lord told me to do in my case. You need to seek the Lord for what he tells you to do for your case. Don't try to apply my revelation to your situation. I went to God. But if your friend tells you, girl, this is what I would do. This is what you should do. You need to, you need to step away from that friend real quick. And guys, we do the same thing. Bruh, my wife, she ain't doing this. Well, this is what I would do. Nah, I stop. Nope. Flag on the players, Bishop, say. Because what you're about to tell me is going to destroy the engine of our relationship. I need to go to God specifically for mine. I'm not going to bypass the word and go to you when the word is right there. I'm almost done, I promise. Got another point. Like I said, as an ambassador, switch to that, mate. As an ambassador, our patterns should bring others to Christ. Go to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians 5, start at 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. Some places say creation. So if you're new, why are you trying to go to the old things to learn how to be new? Why are you trying to go what you came from to tell you how to get to where you're going? And they still there. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Keep going. Now all things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. This is for everybody. We have the ministry of reconciliation. You don't have to get up here to have the ministry of reconciliation. This is Sunday. The ministry of reconciliation is seven days a week. You don't need the collar to have the spirit of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. That's what you should be doing every single day. You come here to get training on what you should do out there. Yeah. Namely, the God that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. We are supposed to be working to reconcile. Therefore, we are ambassadors. We're representatives. Say, I am an ambassador. I am an ambassador for Christ. As though we were making an appeal through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We are ambassadors. People should see us and want what we have. People should see us and not only want it, they should strongly desire it. They should want God like they want a new pair of shoes or whatever. They should want God like they want food. They should want God. We need God like we need air. <laughs> God is our air. We need God. But when people see us and we're supposed to be ambassadors and we're a poor, and we're a poor reflection of the word, we're poor ambassadors, 
They don't want that. We need to actually look like the God we serve. What does the pattern look like where God honors, where God is honored and valued? If you never said a word to anyone and they watch your life, would they be able to tell that you're a Christian? What was that? It was a movie a while ago, came out. Tom Hanks was like in a bubble. And the Truman Show, Castaway, yeah. Tom Hanks was in this whole little bubble. He had a whole life going on and everything. But at the end of the day, it was like a movie that people was watching. He didn't know. He was just a part of it. If our life was like that, if we was in this little, in this bubble, and we had this whole life, and people was looking at us and watching us, watching every interaction, every social media interaction, every personal interaction, if they was looking at every single thing about us, would they really want God? Ask yourself that. Would they really want God based on what they see in us? This is my uh, last scripture because I really want us to see what this looks like. Psalms 119, 9 through 11. How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. Remember, the word is under attack. If we don't value God, we won't honor his word. With all my heart, I have sought you. Are you seeking God with all your heart? With everything in you, are you seeking God? Or are you seeking the world? Are you just seeking God's stuff? Do not let me wander from your commandments. Keep going. Your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. So how does it look? What is the pattern? Are you treasuring God's word in your heart? Is it that valuable to you? None of y'all right now will be okay if I just came and start going through your purses or your wallets trying to take your money. You're going to do whatever you can to protect that. What's valuable to you, you protect. What's valuable, you keep it close to your heart. I remember my auntie. Every time you asked her for some money, she went in her, went in her bra to get it. I'm like, auntie, why you do that? Got to keep it close to my heart. <laughs> I don't want that money, auntie. I'm good. You can, keep, you can keep that. The new money that come in before you put it in there, let me go ahead and have that. But is the word of God in your heart? Are you protecting the word of God? When I look at your heart, do I see God? When I look at your heart, do I see anger? When I look at your heart, do I see deceit? When I look at your heart, because where your heart, that's what you're going to, you're going to bury that word and you're going to treasure it in your heart. Your heart will show, though, what you're treasuring, what you value. People should, in our jobs, they should look at us and they should see the word in our hearts. There should be no question about who we serve. There should be no question about what we believe. But if our hearts ain't right, if we're not treasuring the word in our heart, they're going to get what we are treasuring. Our patterns are going to reveal. And you can't get upset when someone calls you out 
on what you've shown them. Like I say, if someone shows you who they are, believe them. Don't get mad when they don't believe you're a Christian. You didn't act like one. Don't get mad when they don't, when they, when they don't believe you trust God. Because when you went through, you was louder than they was. When they told you you was about to get laid off, you was more depressed than they were. So don't get upset when they, when they call you out for who you are. Many, it's, it's like a, a, a fraternity or sorority. I'm not a Greek. I got friends who are. There's two ways you can get in. You got the traditional way where you go through all the hazing. You go through the, the months of doing the different things or whatever they have you do. Or you can take the easy route when you go paper, where you just pay the money and do whatever paper requirements they tell you. But when you actually do the real way, the real way is actually supposed to allow you to become less of yourself and more of them. So you become a unit based on the stuff you go through together. But when you go paper, you don't actually get all the same required. You don't get all the same benefits. There's too many of us that are paper Christians. You're paper Christians. You won't go. You won't see hazing to us is killing the flesh. We have to kill the flesh, but we don't want to go through that. We want to bypass and be paper Christians. We want to. We want to give more. We want to do things that's easy for us, but that's hard. That, like giving is easy for people who have a lot of money. But when you actually have to deny yourself, take up your cross and follow him, you have to deny yourself and your wills and actually follow his word because his word is truth. When you have to redefine your whole truth to align with his, you get the benefits of that. Yeah, the paper Christians, they're going to, on the surface, they're going to look the same. They're going to go to all the little parties, and they might even know all the steps. But the real ones, one of my friends, I asked him, I said, what's the difference? What's one of the main differences? He said, we have our own handshake. We have a grip. We have something that they don't have. When you're a paper Christian, you don't have the same benefits as someone who's actually living this thing out. That's why when you're a paper Christian, these gas prices is really bothering you. These, 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 this economy is really scaring you when you're a paper Christian. I mean, because I remember my wife used to set a budget. We used to do everything where we paid cash for everything because it does something to your mind so you can see what you got going out. Our budget for gas used to be $75 for the both of us. $75 for the both of us. $75 won't fill up my truck right now. But at the end of the day, I'm not worried by that. Because I fill up my truck every single week. And some days my truck actually lasts longer. Like I can go a week and a half, almost two weeks on the fill up. But that's not because you know, I'm putting some special grade gas in there. I got some special gas in my heart. I got a special fuel in my heart. So when this stuff comes up, 
Uh, I just do what I got to do. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. When anything has come up, God has always made a way. God, God has put more money in our hands sometimes. I'd be like, ooh, where'd this come from? But it's not because I'm trying to finesse the system. It's because I'm not a paper Christian. It's because I actually believe what I say. I do what I'm supposed to do. I do what the Lord tells me to do. And when I do that, he'll honor that. He'll bless that. God will take you further with less if you trust him than a rich man who won't. You can have a little bit like the two fish or the five fish and the two loaves of bread. And God will feed so many people through you. But if you don't trust him, if you look at the two, if you look at the two pieces of bread, you're like, man, I only got enough for a couple fish sandwiches because I'm a paper Christian. Everybody around you is going to suffer. If Jesus was scared with what he was brought, none of them people would have ate. How many people is suffering because you won't be what you're supposed to be? How many people in your environment is not being reached because they're supposed to be reached by you, but you're a paper Christian? This week, examine, ask yourself, Lord, where am I a paper Christian at? What area of my life am I, did I pledge paper? What area of my life? Because I need, I need to die, Lord. I need to die. I need to kill that so I can be what you want me to be. I'm tired of being paper. Lord, I'm tired of people looking at me and saying one thing, but I'm trying to say I'm another thing. Lord, I want to just be. I don't want to have to say it for them to see it. I want them to look at me and see it. Because it's too many times where we have, we're trying to convince Jesus didn't have to convince no one he was Jesus. He didn't have to constantly tell them, I'm Jesus. If anything, he was like, hold on, be quiet. My time ain't here yet. We out here trying to convince people because they're seeing something that don't align with what we're saying. So we have to get loud and boisterous when we didn't have to. Get loud and boisterous in your living. Let your, let your lifestyle be louder than your words. When your lifestyle is louder than your words, when you, when you treasure that in your heart, when you hide God's word in your heart, you will show the value. You will honor his word. And when you honor his word, God will bless you. He will allow that word to actually bless other people. He will allow you to really be an example. You will really be an ambassador. The ambassador that's going to, want more, that's going to bring more people. So I'm concluding. I'm going to pray. And if you are one of those people who like, Lord, I pledge paper. I want to do it for real this time. Just raise your hands. If you want to be a part of this, this journey, if you want to, if you want to become an ambassador, if you want to be a, a real representative of Christ, as I pray, just raise your hand. The elders will see you. They'll meet you on the side. But this thing is real. There's benefits to this. God is not just trying to have you do all this stuff and he's going to leave you hanging. He don't want you to trust his word and 
adopt all these new patterns if there's not something for you in it. So, Lord, we thank you. God, we love you. God, some of us, we've seen that our patterns have not shown our value of you. Lord, help us to realign our patterns, to, to, to match our patterns with your word. Lord, if your word reveals something to us that's not like you, Lord, give us the strength to change it. Lord, let your word be a light to our path. Lord, let your word illuminate the things that's not right in us so that we can change those things, God. Lord, we don't want to embarrass you. We don't want you to be disappointed in us, God. We, wanna, we want you to look at us and say, God, that's my child who I'm well pleased. Lord, so whatever's not pleasing you in us, Lord, remove it. God, we ask that you would just touch the hearts of your people, Lord. The ones who don't know you, Lord, but who want communion with you, Lord, give them the strength to raise their hands. Lord, the ones who are trying, God, but life has gotten in the way, Lord. Help them to redefine and to realign their focus. Lord, because we know when our patterns is bad, our focus will be bad. But Lord, help us to get in proper alignment so that our patterns can align with your word. God, we love you. We honor you. And we ask all this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. movement is still spreading the gospel virtually live every Sunday morning and Wednesday night. All you have to do is tune in during these times. So come and check us out and get the word on these platforms. Just download the BoxCast app on your Roku, Apple TV, and Fire Stick TV. You can watch us on your favorite social media or watch us at the marketplace movement.online.church or our 